Sound Pages is a literary series featuring resident artists in the Jack Straw Writers Program. We brought our lebanolite skin, our hazel eyes, our sandy hair, wore it like the right to blend in, to be forgotten, to be assumed and accepted to be ignored. This program features the work of 2014 writer Laurel Albina. Curator Felicia Gonzalez sat down with her for an interview. When you were first writing this, how did you give yourself permission? I, I hear that tension. I spent some time thinking about who I was writing for. That was really helpful to think about the experience that I have of being in this tenuous relationship with Palestine. It's tenuous, it's fraught, it's fragile, it's necessary, and it's connected. Those are, those are the, my sort of summation of my relationship with Palestine. And I know that I'm not the only one that has a country or a piece of land that is informing their family constantly and informing relationships and the lack of relationships, that this experience is actually pretty common. And, and I have friends and people I love dearly who have really, you know, different relationships with different parts of the world. And it was thinking about them and thinking about them as my audience in particular, bringing them in real close and thinking, this is for you. How does identity find its way into your writing, and when did you first become aware of that? One of the first poems I wrote and performed was called Aisha. And it was about being given a name, essentially a white name, instead of uh, a name that would locate me from the Arab world, like Aisha, which the myth or the story goes is the name that my mom wanted to call me, and Laurel is the name that my dad wanted to call me. And there's tension in that story. So I wrote a poem about it, and I think I've been writing that poem ever since, exploring that tension. What happens when you leave a place that builds you, that feeds you, that you walk on the stones of, and you go to another place, and you're negotiating a whole other world, a whole other way of being. And that, that disconnection and that palpable, I don't belong here, is passed on generation to generation. I'm still writing that poem, Aisha. Now we'll hear a selection from Laurel's live reading. The first piece I'm going to read is a piece that I wrote quite a while ago, and it was the piece that I put forward to Jack Straw. So I'm going to read it as, as the piece that it connects pretty deeply with the second um, series of poems that I'll read. And it's called What We Brought. Uncle Antony brought nine negatives from his father's photo studio on King David Avenue. All that was left of the business after 48. My mother brought the scent of orange blossoms, the donkey man selling vegetables, a scorpion poised in the hallway. Nanamaha brought her youngest, a stranger to her after four years at the convent school, vicing her fat arms around her daughter's ears to muffle the sound of the mortars, 67 running them out of Jerusalem for the second and last time. 
Maha brought her widowhood, left her husband buried in the Garden of Gethsemane. Auntie Isabel brought the echo of the upper class. Uncle Michael brought eight-legged tea tables, the father, son, and holy ghost, private school education, and a black and white portrait of his parents. Auntie Ava brought the only baby born in the Middle East, brought her Dutch oil man husband. Andy brought his thick, jagged hands, bought Ava a house of snow and suburbs, craft cheese and corn pops. We brought our upturned noses dripping tears. We brought a loan on every exhale. We brought a key, a lock, a door we slammed shut on all that we are not. We left the refugees and the camps and the cities praying five times a day and smacking their lips. And to Isabel brought the stories we tell ourselves, that maybe we were never Arabs anyway, that we are Armenian or Italian or European, that Jerusalem was only a six-century waylay. The sisters brought their faultless diction, their fluency in French and English secreted between their grinding teeth. The aunts and uncles brought the next generation, not one fluent in Arabic. We brought our Lebanese-light skin, our hazel eyes, our sandy hair, wore it like the right to blend in, to be forgotten, to be assumed and accepted to be ignored. Aisha brought a 1969 free love freedom never possible in the Arab world to drink, drug, fuck, fight, to be unmarried, unfaithful, untethered. Auntie Ava brought the right to die slowly in a stranger's bed, brought the hairline fractures of her cells, brought one half of her abandoned body. We never should have left, she says. Only her left side still able to mouth out regret. My mother's ears slumping to hear her. Too late, too late, the squirrels sing into the north Alberta wind. Her body has already fled this wretched strip mall. I brought Palestine. As useful as the key to our home in Masrata. A country to claim in conversations with white people asking for my complicity. We brought diaspora the kind that is afforded only to those who can afford it. Woo! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <clears throat> yeah. So um, the series of poems that come next are, um, are what I, I explored that first poem and um, wrote into it more and kind of dug at it and poked at it to kind of see what else was there. And so that's what the, uh, the next series of poems are. It's called What Palestine Means to Me in 48 Poems. 21, the map. Masrara, the corner of Suleiman and the street of the prophets here. This is where we lived, she says, her finger flush to the map, the map. Before it, only words slick as rivered stones. I lean in to the rise of Jericho Road, steep from sea, level two feet across sand and rock, hot dust, hot sun-squared stone markers. Jewish and Muslim cemeteries measure path to Old City. I slip through the gate, Our Lady Mary, on, on to King Solomon Street. Ahead, 
Appearing out of the shadow curve of Damascus Gate, I see Grandfather. His heavy camera cradled onto his shoulder, young Auntie Ava tight-gripped in Grandmother Maha's hand, the sun searching their back as they cut the street into Masrara. From the deep recess of the dark arch, I push off the stone wall and follow them in. <laughs> 22, a phone call from Palestine. Ring, ring, hello. Hey, what's up? Uh, who is this? You should know, you're the one who can't stop talking about me. What are you talking about? No, what are you talking about? That's why I'm calling. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Palestine, I know, I can't stop. Leave me alone. Quit digging up your family's past. Quit talking like it's real. But it was real. Not for you it was. And I know, but for others, for my parents, my grandparents, I've changed. I know. No, no, you don't. You really have no idea. But I want to be able to talk. I mean, even, even if I don't always know what I'm saying, I, I don't have to pretend I do. I can just say I don't and keep going. You are so arrogant. I presume it's a North American occupational hazard. <laughs> Nothing like the occupational hazards of being me. I know. No. No, you really don't. Okay. You're right. I have no idea. But I still get to be Palestinian, right? I don't have to say I'm not just because I've never set foot on you, just because I've never been to the Middle East. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure either. Twenty-three. My grandfather's eye framing each shot. The sheep jockey the lip of the canal. Lower thick tongues into cold water. The channel edged and slight, built by men's hands, hearts pumping green shoots and plump fruit into this arid dust storm behind lifting its head into the hills for a better view. Morning, the mirrored image of sheep in the moving water, the switch in the shepherd's hand. <laughs> 26, dear Uncle Anthony, here's what I know. You're Catholic, always or just towards the end of your life. You had one son. Why just one? Did you want more? You married an Indonesian woman. Was it important to you not to marry a white woman? You took photographs because your father did? You never came to Canada. Once in Australia, did you ever leave again? You emailed. We wrote once. You remembered Palestine. Not the occupied territories. Palestine, Palestine. I'm sorry. We never met. 27. My grandfather's neck bent to the lens. Tucked into the father's smile, the dust and wind, the dander of the camel's hide. Atop the camel, a mother and baby son, curled locks tight to scalp. Behind, folded clothes, a blanket, a rolled carpet, the rump of the beast. Noon, 
shadows tight and hot. Mid-step they stop, eyes lifted, mouths wide in greeting. 28. Arabs writing about food is so overdone. Lamb roast, tabbouleh, hummus, baba ganoush, kifta, lebne, fatta, zatar, fatte, ruz, bedifin, majadra, mojilla, yogurt and barrels, olives and brine, the crumbled scent of time. 29. My son, the namesake, my grandfather, the name. That's such a brute name for such a blue-eyed boy. Think about his future, the world. Are you sure you want him to have that name? How do you say it again? 30. My grandfather's finger sure on the shutter. Lipping green into their maws, Two sheep, one black, one white, nose into the long, wide horizon of desert. Not sand, scrub and rock. A shepherd watching his flock, eyes creased with smile. A lamb curled around his shoulders, each sweet hoof circled under his broad hand. 31. Identity home decor. 10 small cups and saucers for Turkish coffee. Six pencil sketches of Bedouins on the living room wall. Four kilims bought in Turkey imported from Iran. One black and white photo of a shepherd and his lamb. One map of Jerusalem. Sound Pages is a Jack Straw production. The 2014 curator of this program is Felicia Gonzalez. This episode of Sound Pages was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are C.J. Lazenby, Tom Stiles, Mo Preventure, and Steve DeTori. Narrator is Jen Hammond, and executive director of Jack Straw Cultural Center is Joan Rabinowitz. Theme music by two trios with Victor Noriega, Jeff Johnson, and Greg Campbell, produced through the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, For Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in the series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>